As publishers try to diversify revenue streams, many have begun dipping their toes into commerce. The business is growing, and affiliate commerce is set to grow into a $6.8 billion business by 2020. With retailers eager to partner with publishers, join us at the Digiday Hot Topic event here in New York City on May 3rd. In one day, dive deep and learn with publishers who are growing their commerce arm. To learn more, visit digiday.com events. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangu, and this episode is a session from our Digiday AI Summit we recently held in Santa Barbara, California. What's the first big question people ask about AI? Is it going to take away our jobs? Is it going to kill my brand? Is it going to kill the need for a whole industry? Christopher Kane, head of marketing at Ecovax Robotics, takes up one of these questions. Is AI going to kill your brand or save it? Listen in. So uh, I'm here to talk about AI and brands. I'm a brand guy. I've been a brand guy forever. Um, AI, frankly, terrifies me as a brand guy. So uh, that's me, but that's actually who we're going to start with. This is my friend John Eugenio. Uh, John just got a new job, very excited, texted me. And of course, I did what all of us would do while I'm texting with him, is I pulled up the company he just went to. Um, very cool, by the way. If you uh, heard about what Firefox did to Facebook, they basically took that tab, turned it into a container, so the information couldn't leak out to the other tabs. They did it themselves, they hard-coded it. This is now being productized by people like Frame, and this is gonna be far more terrifying for all of us. So after we finish freaking out about GDPR, this is the next thing that's gonna scare us. Watch out for containers on the clients. So I, of course, checked it out. I didn't go past the homepage, by the way, because I was talking to John. Later that day, wanna know how the Giants are doing? I go to SFGate and look what is in the right rail. There's a banner for frame. Why is that there? There is no reason that should be there. I didn't signal any intention on that site. I didn't take action on anything. It was on an outreach from them. Basically, there is no reason why I should have received that, and yet I did. Because the problem is with all this marketing technology we've developed over the last five years, and it's a ton we are spending more and more money being less and less smart. When I say more and more money, it's a ton of money that people are spending. And yet what's happening with this technology is we are spending more and more time becoming weirdly less efficient. We're actually spending more and more time using this new technology to become dumber as brands and lose the conversation with our consumers. Um, I will give you this example. So emails are back, right? I'm sure we've all seen the explosion or inboxes of emails, and you have companies like HubSpot and Vertical Response and MailChimp, and they're all out there to basically flood your email with fabulous marketing messages. Um, the problem is it's kind of a bloodless kill, right? When we all used to do marketing and you're a salesperson, you have to pick up the phone and call. You have to send an email and chase it. There's work involved. There's thought involved. You're thinking about that relationship you're trying to have with that consumer. And the problem is with all these rules and send this email after three days and send this email after five days, we've made it too easy to basically continue to reach out with any repercussions. 
And I kind of think of good old Ruben in Ocean's Eleven. I mean, in, in the old days, if someone sent you an email and, and you deleted it, it's like Ruben, right? This thing used to be civilized. You hit a guy, they whack you, done. Now, you send the email, I ignore it, and I get another email, and another email, and another email, and another email. This is your brand speaking to someone right now. This is you automating people getting aggravated with your company. This looks like we're being more efficient. Some salesperson is very excited about the fact that they created this whole string of events and actions. I'll send you this email and this white paper, and it seemed like a great idea, and they hit the button and walked away. Meanwhile, I'm getting bombarded with this person. There's a great scene in Hitch where Eva Mendez is getting hit on by this guy in a bar, and she goes, when I say I'm not interested, that's not code for try harder. This is trying way too hard. Uh, maybe I'm just not interested. Maybe it's not a product. Maybe you sent it to the wrong person. But you're now starting to aggravate me. Um, here's another one. Uh, I am in the B2C space. And this is someone touting how fabulous their email capabilities are in an email that has B2B lists. You didn't even bother to find out what my business was before you sent this. They just bought a list, dumped it in, hit the go button, and then now ticking me off. Now, and this is sort of funny, we all laugh about this, but your brand is at the other end of this. And what is happening with all of these is basically, you're making me feel like this about your brand. You're aggravating the hell out of me, and I haven't even started having a relationship. This relationship is over before you even started. You killed off a relationship, and you never even knew it happened. Now, as a brand, that's kind of a terrifying thing. Um, we, we thought all this technology and all the software and all this algorithms, we're going to turn this into this guy, right? We're, we're going to become the, the terminator of marketing. Uh, it's what we do. It's all we do. Uh, instead, it turned us into this guy, um, sitting by the side of the road harassing everybody who goes past him. Not a lot of thought going into this. Not a lot of intelligence going into this. So what's happening? What's happening is we've used all this software to try and sell harder. But as we are selling harder, we're listening worse. And ultimately, that's what a brand that people want to have a relationship does. You listen. Uh, this is my friend Jeff McEachern. He's pretty much the best salesperson I ever met. He was one of the top salespeople at Oracle during the go-go 90s. So uh, he's really good. And he used to say that the secret to sales is not figuring out what you're selling. The secret to sales is figuring out what they're buying. And it was important for him, right? Oracle sells a database. It, it, it's a Swiss Army knife. It can do anything. It's not like he sold graphics software or accounting software where it's very obvious what it does. Databases can do anything. They can support any kind of transaction. So unless he could figure out what the problem was that they were trying to solve, unless he was able to get himself into that pain, into that relationship, he couldn't sell the software. So what we're really talking about is, is how do we, as brands, use all this technology not to sell harder, but to listen better? Because here's some rules. Everyone likes to do three rules. I'm going to do three rules. First one, you don't sell a product. Now, I don't know what all of you do, but I'm perfectly confident in this statement. No matter what your product or service is, you do not sell a product anymore in today's world. In today's world, you sell a relationship. There's a product in the middle of it, but that sale is only part of that overall relationship. Um, one of the things we do at Ecovacs, which is kind of weird, is 
our customer support team is actually part of marketing. It is not a standalone team. And the reason for that is customer support is just a touch point. That is part of this relationship that you have, and that is part of marketing. If you're a brand person, you're not thinking, and you're not aware of what's happening down in your customer support channel, you are damaging your brand. So that's a bad place to be. Um, I was a partner at a branding agency for many years, and our founder was Jamie Capozzi, who was the creative director at Monster when they launched Beats. He's the creative guy who took out Beats. And he used to say that the most important piece of technology in a Beats headphone is that B on the side. You think you're selling a pair of headphones, but you're actually selling a statement. You're selling iconography, identity. That's why people buy Beats headphones. Frankly, we sold and worked with tons of audio companies. As we all know, Beats headphones are not that great. But they're fabulous at the relationship. They're fabulous at the iconography and the identity, and that's what makes them so powerful in market. Um, this is what I sell. Uh, we sell robotic vacuums that basically think. So unlike other products, this will actually use LiDAR like you see on top of an autonomous car. It'll map your house as it's cleaning and will actually become more efficient over time based on that. Um, it's kind of our Mac Daddy top of the line product. Um, really cool app. Uh, it mops as well as vacuums, which is really cool but requires a ton of technology for it to understand floor type. Otherwise, it will happily mop your carpets. That's not great. Um, but at the end of the day, that's actually not what I sell. I want to take a break here and tell you about another one of Digiday's podcasts called Starting Out. It's our latest show that profiles leaders in the marketing industry and looks at how they build cultures, teams, and successful companies. We've had people like Mark Pritchard of P&G, Wendy Clark of DDB North America, and Linda Boff of GE. To know more, visit digiday.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Anchor FM. Now, back to the session. What I sell, the product I sell, is a robotic vacuum cleaner. The relationship I sell is time. What I actually sell is time. Our owners buy our products to get back time that things in their life have taken away. For instance, little Johnny. Uh, before CES uh, this year, we actually added up how many minutes our owners ran our devices last year. We've only been in market, we were only in market half a year last year. Uh, it turned out our owners saved over two million hours last year using our products. That's what we sell. So that's our relationship. Um, then it becomes, if you understand the relationship, how do you then extend out? How do you go find these people that want to have this relationship with you? And number two is, is don't sell to everyone. I know that sounds counterintuitive. And there's a sidecar to this also, which is don't sell to everyone, and not everyone is ready to be sold at this moment. Right? Part of sales, I'm going to close you right now. I've got you. That's not how you sell a relationship. So when you think about how you do this, and you think about, okay, so you know, direct marketing. I started in direct marketing, and the golden rule of direct marketing is don't sell to the sold. It's also don't sell to the unsellable. My first boss in direct marketing used to say we sell to the 60. And what he means is there's 20% of your market that's never gonna buy your product, no how, no way, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's 20% of your market that's gonna buy your product regardless. I'm looking at you, Apple. So there's 60% in the middle that's the winnable part of the market, and that's what you're going after. That's what you're trying to understand is not just who can I go after, but, but what motivates them? What's not going to get them to buy my product? What's going to get them to get into a relationship with me? This is how we all go out and do sales, right? We find our addressable market, 
Uh, we size it up. We figure out how much money is going to be. We do our ROI. We figure out our channels. And we go blast away and we get things like this. This is not who your audience is. This is what your audience is. But this is not who your audience is. This is not actually telling you anything about it. Um, one of the reasons that we've done very well in market um, is because our competitors go out and say, this is a female product. Women buy vacuums. And the reality is, it's true, 70% of our buyers are women. But it's not because they're women. It's because things have happened in their lives that have taken away time that they want to get back. If you don't understand that, saying we have a female buyer is, is meaningless. It, it doesn't say anything. So unless you understand the why, the what doesn't really matter. Um, let's go back to little Johnny here. Um, so I said we sell time. And that's important because if you want to own the relationship, you have to understand that why. Um, and the way that we try and own that why is by doing what we call capturing the moment before the moment. And the moment that we all talk about is the moment where we can sell, we can close, we can drop new ads and new content and, and new banners and, and we'll get them to take action. But there's a moment before that. And the moment before that is when something has happened in their lives that's about to qualify them to take them on a customer journey. If you can own that moment before the moment, all of a sudden you become very competitive. Um, the great thing about Beats, I'll go back to Beats again. The great thing about Beats is when someone walks into a Best Buy to buy a pair of Beats headphones, they are walking out with a pair of Beats headphones. It doesn't matter what any of the other brands do. It doesn't matter how great their end caps are, how fabulous the packaging, how wonderful the product shots. The spend doesn't matter. Think about if you're a challenger brand. I, I'm you know, going up against this little company you may have heard of called iRobot, who dropped $160 million in marketing into our category last year. I'm spending a fraction of that. But that's okay. I'm going to let them and Samsung and LG duke it out in the aisles of Best Buy. And I'm going to win all those customers before. I'm going to go get into a relationship with them. And then when they pre-qualify themselves and decide to go on that journey, they already have the relationship with me. They've already made that decision when they go into the store. So this is where AI and brands start getting happy we stop thinking about how do we sell better and start thinking about how we listen. And in order to do that, we have to go back before we go forward. So we're always pushing forward. Let's talk a little bit about that. Don't boil the ocean. Actually, you heard that this morning. And it's very important that you understand that when you look at new technologies, you think you can expand, right? You can think, well, great, I can get twice the market size, three times the market size. Well, well look what's happening over in sales right now. You have account-based marketing. That's now how people run marketing, right? Rather than sending 20 touches to 100 companies, it's better to send 100 touches to 20 companies that are the really important ones for you to get your revenue with. That's relationship-based, right? That's saying, I'm going to figure out who I qualify with the best, and I'm just going to focus on them. And that's okay. Again, back to the direct marketing, just focus on the 60. You'll be perfectly fine. And I'm okay doing that because the reality is I'm in a category that did almost half a billion dollars at retail last year and is growing at 50% a year, year over year. We're in 10 to 12 million households, depending on which report you read. Our addressable market is 65 to 80 million. So there's a ton of headroom in this market right now. It's the fastest growing 
home cleaning category. It's actually the fastest growing smart home category at retail. So there's a lot of room if I can use all this great technology to focus. So when I said you have to go backwards before you go forwards, so I went back, we went back and figured out who the personas are. If you are not in one of these personas, you're probably not gonna hear from us. And that's okay. If I own these personas, I will own the majority of the people going into those stores and going onto the pages of Amazon, and we'll do just fine. Um, and again, if you look at these, these are the moments that take away time. These are things that have happened in people's lives to qualify. So the great thing about AI is we all think about AI in terms of moving forward, right? Owning the moment, delivering content. I think the real power actually is gonna be going back. Almost use AI like a time machine to say what is happening before that moment? How can I own that moment before the moment? How can I understand what is happening in people's lives, forge a relationship there, and then be able to ride that into the customer journey? And these personas work really well. Crazy well, actually. Um, when I first started, uh, the category is six to $8 cost per click. Um, we were doing a little better because I had a, some experience in this and some firms, but this is fairly expensive, but that's okay because we're selling five to $700 products. So we're okay with this. We started looking at those personas and we started throwing SEM keyword headline combinations against that. So for instance, pets. One of our big triggering events is pets. Not terribly surprising. Yesterday, or Tuesday, was National Pets Day. Uh, we actually sold a ton of product uh, on National Pets Day. Not terribly surprising. When we first started, our first campaign we did last year against that persona was for Amazon. And we threw 300 headline keyword combinations into the market. At this point, we burned it down to seven. But we started 300, we started testing, we started looking at the reactions, we started understanding, are we saying the right words? Are we understanding how they think, right? The most important thing in marketing is to take yourself out of your own shoes and put yourself in the shoes of the person you're marketing to. We actually don't matter. What we think doesn't matter. It's a great thing about data, right? You can say what matters to them, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, this is our cost per click now. We've dropped it from almost five bucks down to $1.20. This is across all our personas, not just our best performing ones. So we basically have taken it down almost 80%. And at the same time, we've doubled the revenue we're getting out of those costs because we're getting tighter into that relationship and we're getting smarter. So that's great, but I'm sitting here and telling you that you shouldn't be worried about the sale, you should be worried about the relationship. So this got me into the relationship, proved to me that you can still maintain it. Um, this is kind of shocking, but it is a Chinese company. When I first came to Ecovacs, they did not send emails to any of their owners. Uh, when you get our product, you get an app. In order to register the app, you put your email in. We never sent anything to them. Kind of crazy. Um, 134,000 people on day one who had not received an email from us. Uh, so our first email, not surprisingly, didn't do very well. They'd never heard from us before. We're emailing to people over a year after they'd received a product. Not terribly good. We started actually looking at the keywords. So this is also an important thing, is to look at the activities you're getting in one channel and use that to reflect against another. So as we were tuning those keywords in SEM, we were also tuning our emails against that. So we're using the lessons learned in those headline keyword combinations to actually use trigger words in the emails. That's our open right now. And 60% of those people click through. So we've actually been able to forge that relationship and dial it in 
Is that driving revenue? Yeah, it's driving revenue. It's driving a ton of revenue. Um, we're actually growing three times as fast as the market is. Uh, we wound up with the number one best-selling robot vacuum on Amazon during Black Friday. Knocked off everybody else spending a fraction of the money. Surprise, we also had the number two best-selling robot on Amazon during Black Friday. So at a fraction of the spend that something like iRobot is spending, because we were just focusing on a small part of the market and weren't trying to sell to them, we actually were trying to generate more. That sounds kind of weird, right? The best way to sell is to not sell. But again, if you believe that we're selling a relationship, that's okay. My final thought is, I think there should be a Hippocratic oath to marketing, right? Do no harm. I'm gonna quote Jamie one more time. When we were at Theory, we used to have companies coming to us and, and I wanna do Twitter, I wanna do Facebook, uh, Pinterest. Uh, I heard about spectacles, we gotta do spectacles. I don't know what they are, but I feel like it's important. So we get people just wanting to throw technology at brands. And, and Jamie used to say, your brand is not a toy. Brands are very hard to build, very easy to destroy. Brands obey gravity. You have to do 10 things right to go up one notch in the eye of the consumer. You don't have to do one thing wrong to go down 10. So your brand is very important. It is not a toy. And our biggest role with this new technology called AI, and let's be honest here, next year we're all gonna be here talking about a completely new piece of technology, and there's gonna be something after that too. These are all just arrows in the quiver. The most important thing to understand is what is the relationship I'm trying to have, and how do I do no harm? We're the grown-ups in the room. We're the ones who have to sit there in front of our brands and go, no, your brand is not a toy. Let's do this the right way, and maybe this doesn't qualify you. So if you can think about that, then guess what? AI probably won't destroy your brand. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, and I hope you did, then please help us share it forward. How you can do that is by reading us and leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It helps our podcast to be discovered. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you soon with another session.